This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. After the uh, Saturday portion of Wild Card Weekend is finally in the books. And they played one of the coldest games in uh, playoff history in Kansas City tonight. And again, the warm weather team came up on the short end uh, to the tune of 26 to 7. It actually was more one sided than that because the Chiefs had a lot of problems in the red zone and wound up kicking a bunch of field goals despite the fact that they dominated the game from the line of scrimmage all night. A little padded stats late for the Dolphins made it closer, but the Chiefs had 400 yards. The Dolphins, when the game was uh, really in the balance, uh, didn't even have 200. Really, they had one play in the game, and that was when uh, Tua got the ball out. Uh, Hill was fouled on the play, and the ball was underthrown. He then turned it into a touchdown, uh, and that was the only uh, score of the game and the only big play that they had all night as Tua had a lot of trouble with the ball, as you would expect. Listen, uh, everything was stacked against Miami. Miami, Philly, Jacksonville, all squandered divisions they should have won. We know that. Miami wound up on the road. They've been incredibly banged up by injury, especially on defense the last couple of weeks. And then they got the worst thing you can get, and that is having a cold-weather team with an Hawaiian quarterback, okay, on top of it, uh, and having a finesse speed team playing in 26 to 28-degree minus conditions below zero wind chill. The real temperature was anywhere from minus 4 to minus 7. The wind chill was somewhere minus 23 to minus 28 on the evening. The wind was a factor. It affected the kicking game. Although Kansas City uh, made plenty of field goals, they were all short ones. Uh, It affected the kickoffs. It affected any pass down the field. It made balls float. And let's be honest, uh, the game could have been over at halftime if Kelsey had held the ball, which cost them one touchdown. Uh, A terrible, terrible block in the back when Rice was already on his way to the end zone uh, cost them another touchdown. So they got in the red zone countless times and came away with field goals until they finally got the seven points that they needed to put the game away. And that was all she wrote. Not that uh, anybody who's a, you know, a longtime NFL observer knows how tough it is for a warm weather team. And there is no more warm weather team than the Dolphins uh, to win in that setting. It is virtually Impossible. It really is. I mean, even when Dan Faust's team, which was by far the best team that year, I thought, went to Cincinnati in frigid conditions and couldn't do anything. And they were a tremendous, tremendous team. But Miami has no one to kick but themselves. They gave away 
the division title just like the Eagles did, and maybe they're going to have no one to blame but themselves, just like Jacksonville didn't even make the playoffs after an 8-3 and three start. So Mahomes ups his playoff record uh, to 12-3. and three. They most likely, most likely will probably be at Buffalo next week. That's what you would expect. You would expect if form holds that the Texans, who won the first game, which I'll get to in a minute, will be at Baltimore and Kansas City, which has not played a road game in the Mahomes era, in the playoffs, will be on the road. They've played, obviously, neutral games, but they haven't played a road game. Uh, will play most likely in Buffalo. I, I don't expect Pittsburgh to be able to beat Buffalo on Monday. I'd be very surprised. And remember, if you weren't paying attention today, Buffalo, because of the whiteout conditions, you know, feet of snow, 60-mile-an-hour winds, blinding whiteout conditions, um, moved the game to 4.30 on Monday. So tomorrow we have Dallas followed by – we have – Green Bay at Dallas in the 430 slot, followed by the Rams and Lions in Detroit, which will be a great setting in prime time. And then on Monday, we have uh, the Steelers and the Bills at 430, followed by the Eagles, who will be without their terrific wide receiver, Brown, who is a very unhappy camper, but he's always an unhappy camper, um, in Tampa to take on the uh, Bucks, and I believe we'll update it again tomorrow, but I believe there's still weather in the forecast, rain in the forecast for Monday night in Tampa. There's been a tremendous amount of rain in Florida the last couple of weeks and cold. The weather's been brutal. It's been the worst December into January in Florida in history. I mean, the weather's been just absolutely awful there. Um, but Kansas City does what everybody expected them to do. And I thought the key to the game tonight, more than anything else, was uh, Kansas City's ability to stop the run. They did that all night. To put pressure on Tua, which they did on a pretty solid basis tonight. And then the play of Rice. We talked all year. If you listen to my podcast during the year, you know that I kept talking about how many times it was imperative that the Chiefs developed Rice. He was the key guy. He was the candidate. He was the guy with the hands. He was the guy with the speed and could run the routes and be the guy for them come playoff town. Well, you saw it late in the season and you saw it again tonight. Tonight, eight catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. He actually had a touchdown call back, which should have been his second touchdown reception of the night. Um, Kelsey was 77 catches for 71 yards, which isn't bad, but had a couple of terrible drops. One that would have been a walk-in touchdown. Um, he still just, while he made a couple of good plays tonight, he just wasn't Kelsey-like, and he hasn't been. Pacheco wound up with 89 on 24 carries and a touchdown. So they got a good play from Mahomes, who made a couple of good plays with his legs was 24, 23 of 41 for 262, and he ran for 41 yards and made a couple of key, key first downs with his running game. Also had a couple of key first downs on roughing the passer calls. 
including one where it would have been like fourth and 40. Um, they weren't overpowering. Kansas City wasn't. But they were good. And if they had scored in the red zone and just been efficient in the red zone, they would have dominated this game tonight and won it going away. They would have added another, it would have been like 38 to 7 instead of 26 to 7, something like that. But they win it 26 to 7. They shut them out the second half, 10 nothing. And they go on to a victory that was expected, especially when the weather forecast came out. Now, earlier in the day, everyone figured the Flacco versus Stroud quarterback matchup, the old and the young, the veteran, the experience, and the youngster who's had such a great rookie season, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback for Houston, going up against the Cleveland team, which overcame so much this year, played four quarterbacks, played six tackles, played countless running backs, came, overcame injury after injury, and then just had a nightmarish game today and was trounced by Houston 45-14. To me, there were two plays that completely, completely changed that game. Number one, Jordan releases after two real counts on the line of scrimmage. He gets the ball flipped to him, and he goes 76 yards for a score. That was a 10-yard play that went 76 yards for a touchdown and really was a backbreaker for Cleveland, which did not play good defense today on the road and didn't play good defense on the road all year, played great defense at home, poor defense on the road. And then Flacco gets blitzed. I'm not sure he's either trying to throw the ball to where he could get it far enough out where somebody could make a play on it or trying to get it out of bounds. Either one was unsuccessful, and it was returned 82 yards for a pick six. Those two plays, the 76-yard catch and run by Jordan for the touchdown, the 82-yard return of the interception for a touchdown, they added another pick six on a fourth down play. So two interceptions, two big pick sixes, Houston shut down the Cleveland running game, put a lot of pressure on Flacco. That was the difference. You put a couple of balls up for grabs. They returned them for pick six. You get two pick sixes in the game, you're winning the playoff game. Add in the young quarterback doing what he's done all year, and that is make big plays in the passing game and don't turn the ball over. That's what he had to do. He was 16 to 21 for 274 and three touchdowns, no picks, no sacks, no picks. Game clean. 76 yarder to Jordan. He had a 38 yarder to Collins. Uh, he had big plays all over the field. He made the plays he had to make. And they went on to an easy, easy 45. 14, really season-cresting victory. They were playing with house money today. They are so playing with house money the rest of this season. This year has been an unbridled success 
for a team that has been down in the dumps for years. They hire D'Amico Ryans. They get, obviously, with the number two pick, they get a quarterback who blossoms into a star with Stroud, who's had a wonderful rookie season. Hasn't turned the ball, has thrown touchdown passes, got the ball down the field, been a leader, been a great guy in the community, voted the, be- the good guy award from his team by the media. I mean, everything you could count on, he's done this year. And now they win a playoff game at home. No matter what happens, no matter whether they wind up going to Baltimore and losing or somebody upsets somebody and they wind up going to Kansas City and losing, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah, it'd be great if they could win another game. Yeah, it'd be great if they put up another good show. But even if they don't, you look at the year always, where's the pressure and who's playing with the house money? And they are playing with about as much house money as you can ever play with. Their year has already been complete seashells and balloons. It's been pie in the sky. It's been everything positive. There's nothing negative about it, no matter what happens next week. They weren't supposed to win more than six games. They weren't supposed to be able to get through the season with the quarterback in the coach's first year. They have a winning record. They set the basis and the culture for the future. They have a terrific young team with stars on both sides of the ball emerging. And now they find themselves playing on divisional playoff weekend. For Kansas City, which slumped dramatically, was this game enough to set them back on the path? I think, it, I, I think so. I think so. I think they needed to get jump-started. They'll be a tough out. I'm not telling you they'll automatically win next week if they have to go to Buffalo. That'll be a very tough game for them. But they have better than a puncher's chance. They have a lot of success. They've experienced a lot of success. They have a quarterback who knows how to win. They have a really good defense. They have superb coaching, and now they have some playmakers, although they need Kelsey to get back to being Kelsey. Rice has taken that quantum leap forward that we were looking for. They need Kelsey to be Kelsey. And they have to stay away from the big mistake on that offensive line, which has killed them. I mean, that right tackle, my God, he set a record for penalties. It's just insane every game. But they needed that solidifying game, and they got it. Yes, everything fell in there, it fell into their lap. The conditions were to their advantage. They were home. Miami was banged up. But Miami was still a dangerous team. And they were able to control the game and feel good about themselves again as they go forward. So we got two down and four to go. Tomorrow, Green Bay and Dallas. Obviously, Love finished the season really strong. He's got a very young stable 
of receivers and tight ends, but you know what? They've made big plays. In the, in the big games they've won this year, in the two big games that stamped Green Bay, they ran the ball with consistency. No question about it. But they also, also got the performance out of love that they needed. You know that they really did. They got they they got what they needed. They needed him to make plays. They needed him to be able to not turn the ball over. And in those big games, he was able to do that. He was able to make the plays he had to make. He was able to get the throws to different guys. Different receivers at different times. That makes a big difference. But in those big games, the Thanksgiving game against Detroit, the big game against Kansas City, both those games he threw for over 250 yards, no interceptions, and three touchdown passes. He's going to need that kind of game against Dallas to pull off the colossal upset. There is a lot of pressure on Dallas tomorrow, a lot of pressure on Mike McCarthy, a lot of pressure on because the expectations with them winning the division, with Philly falling apart, losing that game to the Cardinals, Dallas jumping in, getting the two seed, now they expect, everybody expects, including the owner, expects Dallas to at least make the championship game against San Francisco. That means win this week and win next week. And they can't lose to the Packers at home. If it is, if you're the Packers, obviously there's a couple of things you have to deal with tomorrow. There's no way around it. There's a couple of things that you just have to deal with because you know this Dallas team, you know that they have game-breaking players. You know what Parsons can do. You know what Lamb can do. And Lamb, in the second half of the season, let's say the last five or six games, he has been as good and as dominant as any wide receiver I think I've ever seen. You can't let him wreck the game. You cannot let him wreck the game. And this Aubrey, who says he can kick a field goal 70 yards. Now, Last week, he had some issues, but he's almost perfect, and he's incredibly long, and in a playoff game, having that kind of weapon, while Green Bay has trouble in the kicking game, is a big problem. You can't have Dallas make the big interception, you can't have them get the big sack, and you can't let Lamb make the big play. That is critical if you're the Packers. But I think the Packers, while I don't expect them to win, I would not go in that game and say they don't have a chance because you know what? They have weapons. They can go in there and play fast and loose. And if Dallas is not getting a lot of pressure on Love, he will cause big problems in their secondary. Throwing it to Reed and the Wicks, especially as he has in recent weeks, but he's got tight ends he can throw it to. He's got 
healthy players now at the skill positions, and he can be very, very dangerous in that spot. Then the Sunday night game is a, a game where I think the two offenses are going to dominate. It's going to be fascinating to see the setting there. Detroit's well-coached. They're well-led. They have a very dynamic head coach who likes to motivate. That's going to be a wild scene. They haven't played a playoff game at home in 100 years. The fans are going to be raucous. But they're playing in a team that is well-coached, knows how to win, and a quarterback who knows his way around big games. Both these quarterbacks have been very productive this year. And when he has Cup and Nakua and Williams, And Higby, he's got a lot of weapons. Detroit has a lot of weapons, too. And a great offensive line. It's healthy now. I'd say the number two offensive line in the league behind Philly. They can run it. They can pass it. And both these teams are very vulnerable in the passing game. I think that game's going to have a lot of points in it. And I I think it'll be a close game. My gut just tells me the Lions are going to find a way to win it. I just think the way the season is gone, I just can't see the Lions leaving that field tomorrow losers. I just can't. I think the Rams have improved immeasurably. What they've done this year is remarkable, but I just don't see it that way. First game was a dud. We thought it was going to be close, and it turned out to be a blowout. Give the Texans credit. Second game, played in wild conditions, gave Kansas City a big edge. Although they really, they hung, Miami hung around a lot longer than they should have. And now we get a very interesting Sunday. We'll be with you tomorrow night and then obviously again Monday night. So we got a lot of football coming this weekend. Two games tomorrow, two games on the holiday Monday. So enjoy. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.